The 96 Olympics is also when they added speed walking. That's Don't start hating on speed walking. You I'm know not. I taught that in college. Speed walking and beach volleyball. No, I'm just saying I remember that because it happened in the States. And it's also a fun fact. I was a race walking instructor at Texas A&M for several semesters. Oh, isn't there a very specific form with race walking? Yes, there is. And I know all the drills to get you there. It's actually really good for your joints, but I'm not going to go off about race walking right now. Yeah, but no, we're talking about gymnastics. I'm pretty good at it. Get out of my room. Hey, sisters. Hey, sisters. It's Jesse and Gretchen. And welcome back to your favorite podcast about sisters by sisters and for, for everyone. Oh, everyone. I said it really fast. Sorry. Yeah, you did. That's cool. So Gretchen, tell me about your week. Oh my Lordy. We don't even need to go there. Okay. <laughs> Suffice it to say we are in the throes of kindergarten hell. I don't know if you can say that, but I mean, you can. that's all. You can. That's all. It's just a lot. It's just a lot. Lots of things happening. Lots of moving pieces. Lots of decisions. Yeah. It's the whole thing. Cool. That sounds, that's super boring. So I'm just yeah, going like, to stop. And be like, yeah, kindergarten. yeah. Kinder- I'm kindergarten. sure there are people out there who are like, oh, I can feel that. People who are, have been there are probably like, yeah, it's a thing. And then if you haven't, you're probably like, what's the big deal? So if well, you're so in I, that I know group, it's a big deal. I just please. don't have any context for it. Yeah. But if you're in the second group, just like be happy. Just not having context is a gift in this situation. Okay, fair. I will accept that. Take it I'll and take run that with gift. It. Do amazing things. Happy what about you? weekend. You what? Sorry, it's we talked Happy Labor Day. Day weekend. Oh, it is. It's Labor Day weekend. It is. So big news. Texas A&M University gets off for Labor Day for the first time in history that I can remember. Like we've never, I say we like I'm still there. I'm not, but like even teaching there never, ever was Labor Day off. And it was like a running joke. But this year they have Labor yeah. Day. What are they going to do with themselves? <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's weird. Like what happened? Why now? You've, you've held on to this not having it off for so long. Like what changed? Um, maybe somebody unionized. That doesn't happen as often as you'd imagine at the university level. Oh, I'm sure it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Aramark got a, a union. Maybe um, they're singing songs from the Newsies production as we speak at Texas A&M. Maybe. Are they, are they doing Newsies? No, but like unionizing, seize the day. Well, I'm just, I'm just thinking yeah. of seize the day from Newsies. You really just want to go do a dance number. I do. For, why don't you? That's what you can do for Labor Day. Flash mob, one woman flash mob sees the day. That would be just like me every day. No one would pay attention. I would pay attention, Gretchen. You can, you can, we can zoom tomorrow and you can do a one woman flash mob of sees the day. I'm sure that would be, that. that would be raved about. Yes. And perhaps I'll record it and perhaps I'll put it on the internet. So this is actually happening. So let's, I'm sad. Love to talk about. Well, what, did, what have you been up to? What have you been doing this past week? Oh, not much. Just work, work, work. Um, so we're both we, equally as boring yeah. as, as like normal lifing it up. We did have our first like meetup of all the scare actors for the haunted house. I'm doing costumes for Blue Ridge Nightmares, which is a haunted house locally. And um, that was a lot of fun. Just like meeting all the, the actors, the scare actors who are going to be in the in the haunt. And it's like this, this, it's got its own language. This world has its own language, its own like system of doing things. But basically I just get to make sure they're not naked and it's going to be a lot of fun. Are you costuming or something? Yes. I'm the costume coordinator. Oh. So, um, 
you know, the creative director checks all the boxes on everything, but I'm the one that like is the final say in the costume department. But you're not in, are you going to be in the haunted house for some reason? Ooh, I thought no, you were no. also going to be in it. Oh, okay. Oh, no, no. I know I was like, that does not seem in your wheelhouse. It is certainly not. <laughs> I, would, they would all be scaring you. Everyone like, that came into the room would scare you. Yes, exactly. And there's like, you know, those people, there's people out there like they're like, oh, I'm going to get them. I'm going to scare the scare actor. No, I don't I, because I don't speak haunted house. I've never immersed myself in the world of haunted houses. So, oh, well, this know. is not the world of haunted houses. This is the world of people who end up getting kicked out of haunted houses. The ones that are like, I'm going to punch him. Um, but those oh, oh, that would okay. always okay. get me. Like, I'm, I just like to walk up to them and whisper in their ears. Nope, I would panic. But I get to be backstage in case somebody rips something. Where is, I was about to say, what is backstage? Like in the hall? Well, it's it's all a big warehouse. Yeah, that's true. So you build it inside the warehouse. And the first thing you do is you kind of frame this exterior portion. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll send you a picture. I think I need to see one. I think you do. Maybe I'll give you a little cheeky walkthrough one day. Cheeky walkthrough. Yeah. This is when it would be good to have like a Patreon or something and be like, by the way, we could walk you through the scare house. The scare house. Gretchen. Is that what's called? A haunted house. I'm going to call it a scare house. That sounds very in the, like. In the lingo of the biz, it's now <laughs> called a scare house. It's a scare house. Actually, I do think they call that the scare floor, which makes me think of Monster Inks. That's, that is just Monsters Inc. That's not, you can't call it a scare floor. Yeah. Even if it was a scare floor first. You it's can't forever it. Monsters Inc. I'm sorry. But that makes me laugh because I'm always picturing like Mike Wazowski. Put that thing back where it came from or so help me. So God, I hate when you do that. <laughs> it makes no, it made a difference in person. And I think that that solidified that you think that clap is a good way <laughs> to change things. See, what I think is you can just set up your editor for like the clap noise. So if I clap on and clap off, you wouldn't have to like listen to the chunk. You just automatically delete that chunk. That is not how sound editing works, but I really wish it was. I don't know anything about sound editing, so I will continue to just clap our edits out. It's it, like, it would would... probably it, like it spikes it in person. Is it better if I make it like a clapper board? Take one. I really, I just listen to it over and over again, so I can find this spot. It, it doesn't the on Zoom because it has like noise control. It doesn't peak the sound, so it's just it just looks like another sound. Zoom. You little tease. Uh. <laughs> well, I'm I'm really excited for our topic today because I didn't know this at all until oh, you really the article to look at it to see if you we wanted to do it. And I was like, this is insane. Yeah. But can we um I'd like to dedicate this episode to somebody. Sure. I have somebody to dedicate it to too. You go maybe ahead. It's, maybe it's the same person. Who is it? It's our brother. Uh, we'll go with that. I I did. Why are we dedicating it to our brother? Do you not remember his obsession with I one don't, of the main characters? I don't, but I can't wait for you to remind me. I'm just saying, we didn't go to galleryfurniture.com to get an autograph. It's not .com. <laughs> okay, we didn't go on a website. We went to an actual furniture store. <laughs> By the way, I feel like this just like hard left the whole thing, but anyone from like the Houston area is going... Of course you got an autograph from someone at Gallery Furniture. Anyone who doesn't live in the Houston area is like, what is she talking about? So I would love to know, like, this is the episode to reach out to us and tell us if you if you feel it when we say dedicated to someone that got an autograph of one of the main characters from the furniture store. 
Yeah. I feel like there's a whole like section of the internet of gallery furniture autographs that have been obtained in eighties through two thousands. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I will tell you later why I'm dedicating this episode to our brother. Okay. Well, let's start. He listens to our podcast, so he'll know immediately. Actually, he already knows because of the gallery furniture. He knows, he knows exactly who's in this I don't remember any of this. So I must've been like completely just in my own world while this whole thing happened. Yeah. Well, when we get there, I'll give you a little insight into what went down. Please do. Um, So Jen Bricker, born 1987, October 1st. Yes. Um, And was immediately placed for adoption after she was born because she did, she was born without legs. Um, And if you look at pictures of her, it's like she has hips and then no legs. So her legs didn't develop in the womb. Yeah, she she has like hips and a bottom and everything, like just below the pelvis, I would say. Yeah. Um, So here is actually a quote. We're going to go in hard with a quote. Well, wait, I also it, it is important to note here, though, that her mom never actually even saw her, which I right. think is absolutely insane. And I wonder, like having had children, I wonder if the dad was like, we can't let the mom see her. She'll want to keep her. Maybe. I just like, kind of wonder that. Like, I know says- that's really reading into things and giving people like this kind of evil outlook, but. Well, we'll get into his, his yeah, personal yeah, outlook I think a little bit more later. A little more, yeah. Um, but she was, and, and that is, that is important to note because he made all those decisions about about what happened around her birth and the whole family. Uh, Well, yeah, yeah. He made all the family decisions for his entire family. So this was not their first child. Her biological father, because she did get adopted. Yes. By two amazing people who she loves very dearly um, because they were great parents, but all she ever um, knew. Yeah. So she was, this, this is a quote from the BBC that she had big brown eyes, a radiant smile and huge amounts of energy. When a doctor advised her adoptive parents to carry her around in a kind of bucket, they refused. Oh, yeah. Well, good on them. I right? Like, I think that's so... Uh, granted, we were kids in the 80s. I mean, you were seven when she was born. So, but like, I'm sure it was an adaptive tool, too. It wasn't probably just I was like, about to say, yeah, it, probably, it probably more resembled the car seats that everyone and their dog carries their kid around in now, but they didn't in the eighties. Those were not a thing in the eighties. Those little clip in car seats. Oh yeah. 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 It, I, it sounds really awful, but I'm, if we would have told people in the eighties that people carry their babies around slinging them on their hip and these little like clip in clip out car seats, I think they would have thought it sounded just the same way. Well, that we seats, think this sounds. Yeah. And car seats you know? were super different back then. You couldn't really carry a kid around in them. Well, we would think of it. It's like in the eighties, like, why are you carrying your kid in a bucket? Yeah. So I think like, just kind of like put the eighties image 80s on bubble. this. That, yeah. That doctor could have been like really progressive and like, Hey, Graco has this new car seat. They're not using it all. Oh it's like gosh. a model. And like he's doing it to keep her strapped in so she doesn't fall out. And then they're actually like, no, nah, man, we're 80s people. Hold her while I smoke my cigarette. They are not like that, I'm sure at all. <laughs> but I'm just being like your classic 80s parent. Yeah, that is the but, 80s image. Like put them on the velvet Obviously they sofa. can adopt Give a child. They probably don't do that stuff, but yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. But she did like very quickly learn to move around 
walk and run on her hands and her bottom. Um, and then she became like this fearless kid. I think of actually Gretchen's second child where it's like, and next thing you know, she's on top of the bookcase. Yes. Um, and what she said was they encouraged all of that by having me jump off everything and scare everybody half to death, which if that's not 80s parenting, I don't know what is. Right. I feel like they are classic. I guarantee there's a picture of them all in matching jogging suits somewhere. Oh, I'm sure there is. There are pictures online of Jen. It's Jen Bricker, B-R-I-C-K-E-R, if you want to look her up. She has pictures on her own website of when she was a kid jumping on the trampoline. And she does just kind of have that glint in her eyes of like, dare me not to, which is a lot of fun. Kids like that are a lot of fun unless I'm the one taking care of them. Then they give me heart attacks. So... Then she, by the time she was nine, she was into gymnastics. And I think it kind of like, I feel like that was a natural transition for her from like climbing. Yeah, she was already from- running and, and she was, well, I would think, um, and I'd be interested. I haven't really seen her do gymnastics, but I guarantee her upper body strength. You can even see like her arms are almost built differently, more mm-hmm. able to support her body weight because that's how she's had to maneuver. Yeah. So it probably made some of the things she was already doing them like the little, I know women don't do the pommel horse thing, but like that's the position she would have to hold herself in to get around. Yeah. And she did, um, I don't have it directly in front of me, but she did win like tumbling championships when she was younger, like early teens, um, in the state where she grew up, which is I think Iowa, Idaho, not Indiana. It was another I. But anyway, so she, of course, like every kid in the States, fell in love with the Magnificent Seven at the Olympics, specifically Dominique Mosianu. And this is why the episode is dedicated to our brother, because some of us really did just fall in love at the Olympics. Bless his tiny little baby heart. How old was he in He was in high school. No, I started high school in 96. So he was in like seventh grade. Okay, fine. Well, she was just a little bit older than him. Oh yeah, 96. I'm not so, but that's why we end up at galleryfurniture.com for hours and hours, not .com. Why are you saying .com? Because that's like- shopping for a couch? (laughs) No, I still live in the, like not Houston area, but I live close to Houston. So now everything is galleryfurniture.com. That's even a bowl game. You don't follow college college football, but Well, I know about- my home team, my, my like alma mater team, but they never make it to bowls. Well, yeah. So college gallery furniture.com bowl is a college bowl game now. So I always think about gallery furniture and then now I just think gallery furniture.com. So gallery furniture, the actual furniture the brick store and in mortar. downtown Houston, which we lived in Galveston. So it was a solid hour, um, waited in line forever. I got I got an autograph too of like whoever Dan, whoever he was like, he had, he was really also very famous during this Olympics, but I didn't really care. I just needed something to do while my brother waited in line for Dominique Mosianu. Yeah. Cause Dan's line was much shorter. Um, <clears throat> who did, yeah, who's so Dan? that's why it's dedicated to him because he was in love with Dominique Mosianu and wanted to go meet her and get her autograph. And he did. Yeah. Bless him. But these, these women did an amazing job at the Olympics. Wasn't Carrie Strug in that same one or was that later? Yeah, that was Carrie Strug. So Dominique Mosianu, um Or the seven. We don't have it written down, do we? No, we don't. We need to look it up. I'll get it. Google machine. Um, but Dominique was 14 in the Olympics, one of the youngest people 
in the Olympics that year, but also the youngest person on the team. And she had had an injury before she went. So she was kind of, um, she'd pulled out of a couple events and then her vault didn't pan out how they wanted it to. And that's why Carrie Strug absolutely had to stick her final vault after injuring herself. Um, And it is a big point of um, controversy now because the coach that um, Bella Caroli and his wife, Marta, they really, really pushed them hard. And we like, as observers, we were like, oh, Bella Caroli, look at him. He's so kind. He went and picked up Carrie Strug and carried her afterward. But now we know now that they are watching, especially the most recent Olympics with Simone Biles pulling out of events for her mental health, all the Magnificent Seven came out and said, we support this. So, but at the time, everybody was in love with these women. It wasn't, it wasn't like, cause I will say like, again, part of this is kind of weird when you talk about this, because growing up where we grew up and me having like friends who were divers, which is, if you don't know much about diving, a lot of them are started out as very, very into gymnastics and then kind of fell into diving when they fell out of gymnastics. So I knew several people that actually trained at his gym, maybe not with him, but he has a big gym in Houston. So I think some people knew that that was his MO and that's kind of how he operated. Um, and on the I'm larger from the platform, general public. Yeah. On the larger platform, he did. Yeah. Um, like, and I was, I was what, like 13 during the, these Olympics. And I just, but I was already, I was in, I must've been a sophomore in high school. Wasn't I, or was I a freshman? Cause I had friends who no, were diving in. You were a rising sophomore. I was a rising freshman. Okay. Um, do you want to try to guess who the Magnificent Seven was? See how many you can get? Or, um, no. Okay. Dominic Mosianu. Yep. Carrie Strug. Yes. <laughs> Stephanie La Palma. Now you're just making things up. Yes, I am. That's Let all I know. Let me give you a first name and see if you can do the last. Shannon. Okay. Doherty. Miller. Shannon Doherty. Um, <laughs> there's two Dominiques. Do you remember the second Dominique? No. Dominique Dogs. Dawes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember Dominique Dogs. Dominique Dogs. Shannon Doherty. And then um, Amy Chow, Amanda Borden, and JC Phelps. But I think the big ones I remember are like Shannon Miller, Dominique Mosiano, Dominique Dawes, Carrie Strug. Those were big. Okay. I I like to watch the Olympics sometimes. I will freely admit to not paying much attention to names and personalities yeah. and faces. I'm like, a summer Olympic nut. That's because you are a swimmer. I love Summer Olympics. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and to be honest, it might just be swimming and gymnastics, but almost every single summer sport I can, I can watch. And that's, I know there's a lot of really boring ones, but. So we can segue over to our friend, Dominique Mosianu, because she was, she was actually born like halfway between me and Gretchen. September 30th, 1981. And she was the dar the Olympic darling for more than just our brother. Obviously, Carrie Strug is the one that everyone remembers her moment of like, just close your eyes and picture someone standing on one leg with her arms up in a V, the other one held up behind her, a look of pain yet triumph on her face there. Yep, that's her. That is Carrie Strug. If you don't know who Carrie Strug is, I just don't even Google image it because I basically did it for you. So yeah. She did act it out too. I know that like you guys can't see what's happening, but I was holding a leg up too. Like it even matters because you're not, you can't even see. No, all I can see is like shoulders and head and your arms in a V. Um, So she was born to Romanian American parents who were both gymnasts. So this is where Dominique Mosianu got into gymnastics was it was 
um, part, oh my goodness, there's a bug on my computer. Okay. So it was part like, and then, so one of the articles that I looked looked at, it was from psychology today. And the guy who wrote the article is like, oh yeah, there's like genetic predisposition to different things. Is it nature? Is it nurture? We don't know because she immediately started playing around with her parents and, and like, just like Gretchen, you take your kids into the pool. They took right. their kids onto the mat. Well, yeah. They could both swim at two and people will ask me, well, how did you do that? And I'm like, I don't know that I know. Yeah. Because how much of it was, I just knew how to teach them how to do things. Cause that's what I do. But and also, it's also sharing what kid. you enjoy with your kid. Do we, did we make the segue to Dominique Mociano that that yeah. was when, um, Jen was coming up through Olympics. That's who like her little. Yeah. Jen was Jen. I, not mentor her dream her role, role model, her role idol. Model. Thank you. Yeah. The person that she wanted to emulate the most was Dominique Mosianu. And a little bit, she has said like since then that it was, it was probably because she was the young one. She was little, she was very small. So it kind of echoed Jen's stature. And she also persevered through that injury. Mm-hmm. And that meant a lot to Jen Bricker. So Dominique Mosianu, they relocated to Illinois for her career, but then ultimately went to Houston, galleryfurniture.com, to, <laughs> Bella to study with Bella Caroli. Um, so, and she did get stress fracture in her tibia, which is what sidelined her a little bit at the Olympics. So here is, um, oh, she also had a little sister named Christina who will come up again later, but here is what happened after the Olympics. Like this is a big deal for me because we see a lot of, we see a lot of people um, that go to the Olympics, get a lot of praise, but then we never know what happens afterward. Right. Oh, and and I don't think I did with her. That's why when I got this, I was like, is she still signing autographs at gallery furniture? Like clearly not, (laughs) but but that's what, that's like where my memory of her stopped. Yeah. So. yeah. And her little sister, Christina was interested in gymnastics, but did not pursue it competitively. Um, she got a gymnastics scholarship to Sam Houston state university when she was older, but Christina is the little one. Um, but I'm just going to read this from psychology today. It's Mosianu's life took several turns after her gold medal performance in 1998 at the age of 17, she sued for emancipation from her parents. Romanian natives and former gymnasts who she claimed had squandered her earnings, which was like a, a at least a million dollars. I mean, she yeah. probably got paid a good bit for signing autographs at gallery furniture. Yeah, probably. At least some of that was from our parents. For that's our a brother. fact, Jack. He says that too, right? Yeah. I, I, this is straight up just for like a handful of people that might hear this. So <laughs> I haven't heard a gallery furniture commercial in a long time because I, I haven't either. That's how much I stuck in my head. Well, I just remember gallery furniture saves you money. Yeah, um, maybe he doesn't say that's a fact, Jack. But someone on a very similar commercial does Jack say that. Is a very loud older man. Yeah, but I'm thinking there's a lot of those kind of commercials that are stuck in my head from about this time period. So who knows? Yeah. Okay. On on onward and upward. Yes. We're so um, she also said that in the lawsuit, she said that her father was overly controlling. So. 1998, she sued. She also was wanting to start college and things like that. So she got um, married to Michael Canales in 2006. Um, yeah, like that's a huge jump in time. I was about to say, you're like, then she got time. married. I was like, hold on. Let's like, yeah. that was almost 10 years. <laughs> yeah, no, that, but she like went to college and she finished school. I mean, she was 14 in 90, right. in 98, six. So 
she finished school. She ended up going to college and um, met her now husband. And they were watching a TV episode about um, reunited sisters. And she said, wouldn't that be funny if that kind of thing happened to me? Um, She had a good relationship with her little sister. It was just like, haha, wouldn't that be interesting? But... I feel like everyone sees this coming a mile away. Yes, but absolutely. Fine. But I'm. we can still do it. Gretchen, do you want to do your announcer voice for this transition? No, I'm good. Oh, man. You are tired. <laughs> I'm so, I'm very, yeah. <laughs> um. So ultimately, accidentally, according to Jennifer Bricker's mom, her adopted mom, adoptive mom, she found out that her birth name would have been Mosianu. So... <gasps> what and this was this was 2003 so like dominique is going to college falling in love not on the she's not in the spotlight anymore so you might she had to this really shows you too that she had that like gymnastics love because had i found that out i would have been more shocked about like the last name i don't think i would have put the dots together in 2003 with like i mean i'm i don't know maybe but like that last name didn't really i didn't automatically go to Dominique Mosianu. Right. In 2003. No. Right. Um, but she found out and then they spent four years, she and her adoptive parents, which I just like fully endorse these adoptive parents. They went through the route of getting her original, original birth certificate, looking at all these different things. Cause when you're adopted, they change your birth certificate in most States. So they went and found her original birth certificate, found out that it was their, her parents' names. Jennifer remembered from like all of her fangirling back in the day that this was Dominique's parents' names. So December 10th, 2000, 2007, Dominique is pregnant. She goes all the way to the post office to pick up a certified letter that couldn't be dropped off at her house or like she'd so missed Some of this story, I think that actually like, um, did it not happen really close? I thought it happened really close to when she saw that show. I think that it... At some, at some, it was not like 20 because minutes what, later. One of the but, articles I read said um, that like the certified letter had been sitting there for a while and she just didn't want to go get it. Like, cause it's out of the way. You have to go to the post office. It's not going to get delivered. So like it had been sitting for a little while and then that sparked her to go get it. But that could have been just like a little misconstruction of timelines. That, or that's what stood out in her head. You know, she remembers making that comment and then remembers, oh, I need to go pick up this letter. But it could have happened very, very quickly thereafter. Um, But ultimately, she gets this letter in the rain, sits in her car in the Walmart parking lot. Like, it's very that clever. I'm like, that's like anyone would do. Yeah. And she opened it and out of the envelope fell photographs of a little girl that looked exactly like her sister, Christina. And it was Jen. And all the adoption papers and like copies of the birth certificate with her parents' name on them are in this envelope. Um, so she called her parents and the parents confirmed, obviously. And her dad was apparently really sick at the time. I know. I saw that. I I don't know what was going on. But you can you imagine the relief that her mom like. But her parents, have you seen a picture of her with her parents? They were clearly like older when they adopted her. They yeah. look, they look, I mean, I'm not trying to like be ageist at all about this but you can just tell they're they adopted her older yeah which makes sense like you know especially if you're going all in on a child with needs like this 
and you're not going to carry around in a bucket, right? You're probably a little older. <laughs> yeah, they had the time to spend with her. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking, okay, he might have just been old. It yeah, say. it just says too ill. So yeah, and that's when Dominique found out that yes, this is her sister. Mom said, I never even got to see the baby. Your father arranged everything. Um, and she called Jen and was like, Hey, okay, well, I'm getting some processing time. Let me have this baby. Yeah. And it, like she was not just a little bit pregnant, she was a lot of bit pregnant, like nine months pregnant when she got this. Yeah. yeah. So she said, I, I'm, I just need some time. And on my birthday in 2008, while I was bowling in a blizzard in Indiana, <laughs> that's what I did on my birthday in 2008. Um, they finally talked on the phone again, Dominique and Jen. Dominique called her and said, yes, I do want to have a relationship with you. And they are now like, and I can remember like, and I can't remember that. What am I talking about? She said in an article that she just like kept looking at the pictures and she kept going back to how much Jen looks like Christina. And she did call Christina, who was a freshman at Sam Houston State University and said, hey, go Bearcats. We've got a sister. Go Bearcats. I think I don't remember. There's something. They're very close to where I live. Very, very close, like 30 minutes. And I think it is. So I just thought I'd fake it till I made it or didn't you make it. You don't know for sure that they are the Bearcats? No idea. Oh, okay. Well, that might be worth looking up. Um, so they connected and now they Bearcats. are really good friends. Don't worry about Bearcats. it. Okay. Oh, I should. Sorry. This is just a weird coincidence. They played, AM played them in football yesterday. Oh, maybe but, you have a secret sister at Sam Houston State University. No. And like, why is A&M playing the, that, the Bearcats? And this is not a, a college football podcast, but if you're into college football, if you're into college footcasts, <laughs> if you're into college that's football, from, that's you're stuff. probably like, that's weird. Why did they play football? Because that doesn't make sense. That anyway. is weird. Why did they play football? That doesn't make sense. No, it's almost like not my, Gretchen, I like, literally just repeated your words back to you. I am not invested in it's this It's like at pre-conference all. stuff, but it doesn't really matter. And then they okay. play like, I mean. Maybe it's like a big brother, little brother thing. I don't know. It's just college football. Okay. So go Bearcats. We have a sister. Do you want to meet her too? And now they they stay in touch with each other. They meet up. I think it's really precious that uh, Dominique has said how proud she is of Jen. Because Jen like tours and performs and is a, a speaker. Um and she's on the road a lot. They don't get to see each other that often because they do live far apart, but they are just like sisters who live far apart, like me and you now. And if you look at pictures and we will, of course, post one, Christina's like not really in this story that much. I, Christina's just not on the internet that much, but. Um, oh, you're not friends with her on Instagram? No, yeah. I don't follow her on the, on the grams, um, but they do look a lot alike, Christina and Jen. But I think I think it's very interesting that Jennifer has said that her she's very appreciative of her childhood after talking to her sisters and hearing about growing up in that home with a father who was like she she has said that she believes that her mother was in an abusive marriage, at least at the time of her birth. And but it also kind of like makes sense with how the birth went down. Right. Or the adoption, not the birth, the adoption. Yeah, but her her birth mother did get a chance to meet her, which is a big deal. Yeah. And nobody blames her for anything. Um, the mom, you said? Right. Oh. 
And it's, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in Christina and Dominique's childhood that Jennifer didn't have to experience. So she has expressed that, you know, she's happy to bring joy and light and, and her childhood to them. And she loves, she loves them deeply. Um, but she did say when I met my younger sister, it was like looking in a mirror because if Christina wasn't blonde, they would look the exact same. Yeah. I think um, it's really telling. I know I was talking about like, Oh, her parents were older or whatever, but I think it is very telling of the kind of people that they must have been and the amazing parents to um, not to adopt a child like this. That's not what I'm saying because I believe every child needs love, but to um, make her childhood so awesome and push her so hard because there's a lot of, obviously it was on their heart to help this child as part of the adoption process. That's why you would adopt a child at any circumstance. Right. Right. But to then turn around and say, you know, like, yeah, you're adopted. You're our kid. Get tough. I mean, in less words, but the dude looks like he probably said that to her at one point. Like, yeah. I can see him, you know, they're, I can see those kind of parents. It's like, you're not getting a bucket, kid. Figure <laughs> it out. That, or if we put her in a bucket now, we just have to keep getting a bigger bucket. Right. And they don't sell those at Walmart. So we're just going to figure out what we're going to do now. Yeah. We're older parents. We're not carrying a bucket around. But she does. So Jen Bricker does have a book out. Um, They both do. They both do. Uh, Dominique's is, I think. Off balance. More about her life. Yeah. And obviously um, Jen's is going to have some about her life, but it's more of a like finding the faith and courage to follow your dreams. So I'm assuming that I'm not just going to hear a story. I'm going to learn something that I can apply from that book as well, which are my favorite kind. Perfect. Yeah, they're really in. Uh, it's very interesting to know that while while Jen was like growing up, figuring things out, and and you know it was never it was never hidden that she was adopted. Like from day one, she knew she was adopted. So while she's figuring all that stuff out, her do- sister Dominique is emancipating herself from the dad. Yeah. Um. And it was. I mean, it was both parents, but primarily her dad was the was the key. And I hate that, that she and Christina had to experience that, but now they have a sister and they can catch up for lost time with her. And like now pictures of them are like, just like sitting together at brunch, being mm-hmm. dorks, you know, typical sister pictures. Yeah. But what whirlwind like, childhoods, um, man. You what? Such whirlwind childhoods. Yeah. I do like, there's like a little um, quote that I like, that would be a great little ender um, from Jim Bricker because I mean, she's just really inspirational. And if you haven't gone and looked her up, go ahead and do it. But not because of not because of her birth defect, just because of what she does. Right. Like she she has such an amazing outlook. Well, and that's why I wanted to like leave with this because I think it says a lot about um, you know, as much as we as especially like as a parent, I don't want to like screw my kid. It does show the impact that a a child like a supportive but not overprotective right? Parent, like some parent who's going to be like, how do you really make your child succeed? Then I think you need to talk to hers. Um, but she says, I push myself. So I'm like, okay, let's drop the excuses. Just do it. But it's my personality. Legs or no legs. I have that drive and mentality. In fact, that inspired my book title. I literally believe that that's the foundation of how I live. Everything is possible. Your mind can transcend whatever you physically see in front of you. If you can overcome your mind into what you think, you then you can literally do whatever you want, which basically means you can tell yourself what to do. 
and do it. Yeah. Right. And everything is possible not to quote the book, but really, I mean, that's just what it's all about. It's just in the head. You need to get past that. And while this is not a personal development podcast, I think it's something that we can all hear. It also leads into like Gretchen, if you believe that you can do your Newsies one woman flash mob <laughs> tomorrow for Labor Day, what is stopping you? Because I don't have the matching desire. That's true. We could get into all this Angela Duckworth stuff, but um, yep. I can tell you've been coaching for a while today because <laughs> we're going to yeah, that a little place. bit. <laughs> like lay down on my couch. Um, that has very clinical vibes. That's not the vibes I got from that, but go oh, right on. I was thinking like clinical therapy. Yes. I knew exactly where you were going with that. Lay down on my couch took me in different direction entirely. That's your mind. That's yes, you're right. But you know what? I too can do a Newsies flash mob tomorrow if I desire. I don't. Well, thank you for joining me for basically a podcast built around our brother's obsession with someone. And she had a great story for us to use. Poor Zachary. And this was great because I had no idea. That was awesome. I had heard about this, but it was one of those like fluff pieces. And it's really not a fluff piece. It's really an interesting story. So thanks for telling it with me. You're welcome. On that note, bye sisters. Bye sisters.